0: wanted to have your own podcast, but you just didn't know where to start. I know that it used to be me until I uh, was told about Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is one of the best podcasting platforms out there because it's free. They help you with distribution, getting onto all the various podcasting platforms. They have tools for editing and for creating all the podcasts, uh, and they even have monetization tools. It's a really, really great app and website. I highly recommend it. If you want to get your own podcast going, go and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I can't recommend them highly enough. So download that free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm so you can get started making your own podcast. One of Jesus's favorite teaching devices were these small stories called parables. The gospels are full of them. And so how can we understand them better? Today, I'm going to help you to learn how to read the parables better. My name is Aaron Shamp and you're listening to Filter. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Filter. So happy that you joined us. This is the show where we recognize that the world is a confusing place to live in. Uh, There are all kinds of issues that we face daily as Christians, and it can even be confusing how to uh, live as a Christian in our confusing world. It's what I aim to do is to equip you to live with biblical clarity in our chaotic world. What that means is, is that the Bible has for us all the resources that we need to gain clarity about uh, how we ought to live in the world, who God is and what he desires of us. And how we ought to uh, understand interpret and respond to the things that we face in the world today today what we're doing is we're uh, learning something that has a pretty direct application to what is the vision and mission of this show which is finding biblical clarity and you can't find biblical clarity if you don't know how to read the bible And so that's what we're talking about today is reading the bible and i want to help you to learn how to read uh, one of jesus's favorite teaching devices if you've read the gospels before especially uh, matthew mark or luke then you'll know that they are full of these short stories that we call parables. Uh, one of the most famous of those being the parable of the prodigal son, right, or the parable of the talents, the parable of the lost coin or lost sheep, or and so on and so on and so on. There are many, many parables. So the gospels are full of them. Jesus teaches us all kinds of important truths about the gospel, the kingdom, and what it means to follow him through these little stories. And so if you can't read and understand these stories and learn how to apply them to your life it's gonna be hard for you to find the insight and clarity that there is to be received from those stories and then apply it to your life so that's what i help you with today and so this is gonna be part one on how to read the parables so let's just jump into this looking at how to read the parables part one i want to start by just talking about whenever we read the bible what are we doing what are we doing whenever we read the bible in other words are there some appropriate steps to reading the bible Can you read the Bible and apply it in a wrong way or in a right way? Now, in short, the answer to those questions is a yes. (laughs) Uh, There there are correct and incorrect ways for us to approach scripture and read it and apply it to our lives. Uh, And so, you know, really often I know that maybe you've been in a Bible study like this before where you're in a small group. You read a passage and the leader of the group or somebody says, now, what does this mean to you? And then everyone just kind of gives their opinion of what it means or what they heard their aunt or, or, or grandfather or grandmother tell them before. Um, but, you know, in these in these kind of devotional readings, we're not doing the appropriate steps, which is to first figure out what is the Bible saying to us and then how do we apply it to our lives not just what does it mean to me right what is my uh what is my opinion of this passage just coming right into it with no understanding of the context of the passage the intent of the author uh and so on and so in other words when we come to scripture we need to be practicing interpretation and application we need to be pr- that's the basic two steps and these two steps can be more simple or more complex um And even these two steps, we need to follow some rules to get it right. But basically what we're doing is we are interpreting the Bible and then applying it. Here's what I mean by that. So interpretation is carefully studying the Bible to discover its intended meaning to the original audience. In academic circles or, you know, what what scholars call this is exegesis. And exegesis, all that is, is the scholarly term for interpretation and so that's interpretation is where we come to scripture whatever passage it might be from the Old or new testament from any one of those books and we ask the question of what did the author of this passage right so the holy spirit speaking through paul the holy spirit writing through david and the psalms the holy spirit speaking through uh through moses in the pentateuch whatever it is we come to and say uh, what did the original author intend to convey or communicate in this passage here what was he trying to get his his original audience listeners or readers to understand and know what were the things in the world that would have you know filled in some of the blind spots that we have to understand in this passage uh, so that we can get it right okay and then once we identify what the author intended Right? which would be what is God's intention in inspiring the author to write it, then we have practiced a proper interpretation. So along with that, we do application. And so application is taking the intended message from that exegesis for the original audience and then translating it into uh, our lives today or into today's audience. Once again, the academic term for this one is hermeneutics, but often whenever we talk about this whole process, we call it hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the challenge of interpreting the message of scripture and applying it to our lives today. So if we're being really nitpicky, there's those two parts, exegesis, hermeneutics. Most of the time, we just talk about hermeneutics to describe the whole process. Okay. Which is interpretation what's the original meaning and then application understanding what that original meaning is. How do we then uh, translate it to something that's applicable to us today? Okay. So when we come to parables, let's learn how we do this. So just first of all, understanding uh, some basic things about parables. First of all, parable, just the word itself, means literally to throw alongside. And now, this might be confusing at first, but it makes sense if you think about the way that Jesus used parables. Because what Jesus would often do is he, he would use his parables and just kind of throw them alongside his teachings to illustrate a point that he had just made, or he would, uh, in response to a question, he might use them. Uh, in certain places, he would use them to sort of conceal his agenda. Uh, other times, he was not concealing his agenda so much. Sometimes he would uh, throw alongside a parable in response to a, uh, a point of conflict or confrontation that he just had with some of the Pharisees and Sadducees. If you think of the parable of, uh, of the wicked tenants, Right. This one came pretty much directly after Jesus had just had some confrontation with the Pharisees there. And I think to everyone who was there, it was pretty obvious uh, who what his agenda was and who he was referring to. So sometimes it can be meant to conceal, sometimes not like in the wicked tenants, sometimes meant to conceal, like in terms of uh, whenever Jesus told the parable of the uh, of the seeds and the sower. Right. And then of the wheat and the tares. Nobody really understood what he was talking about. He had to take his disciples over to the side and and, and explain it to them. And so that's the literal meaning of the word parable. What is a parable? A parable is a story or saying that is meant to teach a specific point and to provoke a response through a call to action. And so if these are stories which are meant to teach a specific point, or we can say points, sometimes they have more than one point then we need the work of proper interpretation or in that exegesis to discover what was jesus's point what was he trying to get across to the disciples or to the pharisees or to the people who are listening to him so that we can understand that point and then uh, apply it to our lives through the call to action that jesus was expecting for his hearers to have right so this is why we need to practice good hermeneutics so that we can discover this and then apply it to our lives so Let's talk about interpretation of the parables now. Today, we're going to start to just uh, build up to these interpretive principles, but then it's in part two where we're going to get into them. But before we get into understanding, okay, what are the interpretive principles that we need to use to understand the parables, we first need to start by examining how there are different types of parables. And so we need to see how our rules of interpretation, right, those principles that we use to make sure we're getting it right, should be set by the kind of parable that we're reading now here's the rub there's not just one type of parable that jesus used so we can't just have one set of rules to use uh, whenever it comes to interpreting the parables now don't get too worried this is this isn't as complex as it sounds there's just a couple of nuances to the way that we need to read each one of the parables to make sure we get them right after we walk through the types of parables you're already going to start to see it for yourself okay so let's look at these, these different types of parables the first one is a true parable. Uh, no, we don't mean there's such thing as false parables, but we just mean that these are the ones that most exemplify the full definition of what we mean by a parable. It is a story with a distinct beginning and ending. Uh, some of the most famous ones are examples of a true parable. These would This would be like the Good Samaritan. Right, there's a start with a there's a distinct beginning and ending. There are characters, uh you know, multiple different types of characters in there. It tells a full story within a very short amount of space. Uh the the parables of the lost sheep, the prodigal son, great supper, uh laborers in the vineyard, or you know, sometimes wicked tenants is called Rich Man and Lazarus, uh, the Ten Virgins, Unforgiving Servant, uh, uh oh, I'm sorry. The unjust judge, uh, the unjust steward, you know, you could go on and on and on. Any of these where uh, there is, it's a full story with a couple of characters, a distinct beginning and ending, Um, that is a true parable. Okay. Then we go into a kingdom parable. Now, a kingdom parable is very often uh, one that can be. A more of just a short saying or a short story or metaphor, or it can be a longer one. Uh, there are true parables that are also kingdom parables, so there's some overlap in these types and distinctions here. So don't get don't get too rigid with them. Uh, and, and so you know, like the parable of the wicked tenants, uh, or the parable of the a better example probably be the parable of the wheat and the tares. You know, these are parables about the kingdom. There are also true parables, so there's some overlap here. Um, but most often, these kingdom parables aren't so much of a full story as they are more of just a short story, or a, or even just a metaphor that's about the kingdom of God. Let me give you an example from Matthew 13:33, and so this, this is in the same context of that parable of wheat and the tares. Uh, this is Jesus It said he told him another parable: the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened that's it that's the whole parable you see it's basically just one story or or just one short saying one short metaphor but it's a little parable a little story anecdote if you want to say allegory that tells us about the kingdom uh, just as a side note too, these kingdom parables, uh, in the gospels, we often see them. We'll see a couple of them in rapid fire succession one after the, another you'll, you'll, you'll see two, three, maybe even four in a row where, where Jesus says the kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like that. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like this and, and you'll see them in a row. And so they're really easy to identify. Most often Jesus says something along the lines of the kingdom you know, is like or, or 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 so on and so you can identify that as a kingdom parable so we've got the true parable the kingdom parable and then another one another type of parable is called a similitude a similitude these are things which are less of a story uh, and more of an illustration that's just taken from everyday life Like I said before, there's some overlaps in these types. And so with the example of the kingdom parable that I gave you before from Matthew 13, 33, we could maybe also see that one as a similitude, right? Because it's talking about uh, something that would have been a a, a tangible, concrete experience that many of them would have had with every day, which was the process of a woman making bread, right? Leavening uh, flour. Jesus uses that example, uh, to teach them about the kingdom and so that's one as well we can say it's a kingdom parable but it's also a sort of a similitude it's an illustration taken from everyday life here's another example of a similitude this is from matthew 16 6 and 12. jesus starts off by saying watch and beware of the leaven there's leaven again watch and beware of the leaven of the pharisees and sadducees later on in 12 after he told after he made this statement it says then they being the disciples understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread but of the teaching of the pharisees and sadducees so let's move right along we've got true parables kingdom parables similitudes uh certainly like i said before overlaps in these another type of parable is the epigram the epigram is once again something that is a shorter statement not so much of a full story Um, Not even really a short story. These are really more just concise, clever, or paradoxical statements. Here's an example of one of those from Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 17. It says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Here's the epigram. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. So you see there, that's something that's very different from like, for example, the parable of the prodigal son, which is a full story. It's longer. It's got characters and action. There's a plot to it. This one here, it falls into the parable category because it is a uh, it is a metaphorical statement about life. Right. Uh, but it's not a full story. Right. Instead, it is just a reference to something in life to bring about uh, or bring light to a truth about uh, the gospel, kingdom, life, and so on. Then we get to metaphors and similes. Uh, these are the same literary devices that you see in other forms of literature all over the place, the metaphor and the simile. This is whenever you have a comparison of two things. And so a couple of examples of that would be uh, number one from Matthew 5.13. This would be a metaphor whenever Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, right? Right? He wasn't being literal. He wasn't saying that Christians change substance and become salt of the earth, right? Uh, it's a metaphor for uh, the effect that our lives ought to have in the world, right? So that is a that's a metaphor, um, and why it falls into a, the category of parables. An example of a simile. Remember the difference between a metaphor and simile. A simile is a comparison that uses like or as so this one is from matthew 13 44 where jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like so there's your simile the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field right very often many of these shorter examples whether they be one of those similitudes epigram or just a, a simple metaphor or simile are referred to not so much as parables right like i don't think you'll ever hear someone calling that verse from Matthew 5:13 you are the salt of the earth i don't think you would ever hear somebody calling that a parable most often we call that parabolic statements or parabolic sayings Okay, so you can see here as we've gone through the various different type of parables, that there are quite a variety. Jesus did not just have you know one stock story or even one stock type of illustration that he went to again and again. I'm sure you guys have had uh, teachers or, or, or preachers or people that you've sat underneath before who have that one type of illustration. Or you know maybe it's a, a they always go to a joke or it's the same type of joke or the same type of story the same reference from this uh, from this one you know book or movie whatever else it might be and that's what they always go to I'm just, I I fall into that myself sometimes but we see that Jesus didn't just have that one stock place that he went to he taught in a, a variety of ways and even in his parables he taught in a variety. of of types of parables here, both in those longer stories, these shorter sayings and statements, uh, and then the the really incredibly diverse types of literary devices he was using in the metaphors, similes, similitudes, epigrams, and so on. And so as we come to the end of this, this first study in how to read the parables, what all this means with Uh, talking about rules of interpretation and types of parables. What this means is that your rules of interpretation should be appropriate to the type of parable that you're reading. Now, like I said, it's not overly complex. It just means that there there might be some slightly different questions or there might be some slightly different nuance to the way that we read and understand some of the different parables. So questions like, what is Jesus's point? Does he have more than one point? one of the things that you'll learn is that uh, very often there are a corresponding number of points to there are characters or primary objects in a story okay so in the uh in, in many of jesus's you know true parables there where they're a full story very often you can make a point for each one of the main characters in that story this is the way the scholars interpret the parables very very often that uh, the characters in the story uh correspond with uh with jesus or his disciples or people who are listening to him and there is a main point for each one of them okay and so that's why we need to think okay is is this a larger story with multiple characters so i need to discover what is the main point for each one of them or is this just a, a shorter saying so there's gonna be one point and so on more questions uh you can ask or you should be asking based off the type of parable it is is who is he speaking about or is it a kingdom parable right um because if it's not a kingdom parable then you're going to look at the context around which he he was teaching that parable and and consider okay so who is he speaking to here uh, is he speaking to a mixed crowd of just an audience people listening is he only speaking to his disciples is he like i referred to before just coming out of a confrontation with the pharisees because who he's speaking to is most likely going to correspond with uh, who he's talking about in the parable on the other hand if it's a kingdom parable then it's not so much a, a direct uh, cor- correlation or correspondence between his audience and the parable because it's just talking about the kingdom uh, another question is why did he tell this parable? And so we read the context and we look at the type of parable that he is, that it is to try to figure out what was Jesus's intent? What was he trying to get across? What did he want them to understand? And so what does he want us to understand? Remember, this is interpretation so we can apply it correctly. Once again, another question related to interpretation is what did that mean to his original audience? So you can see that whenever it comes to reading and understanding the parables, applying them to our lives to gain all of the rich insights and the clarity that comes from them, uh, it's not quite as simple as just reading them and then saying, what does it mean to me? Sometimes we read them and we have no idea what it means to me because we have no idea what it means. But whenever we start to uh, gain some of these really simple rules, whenever we start to gain uh, some of these principles and then bring that knowledge with us into reading the parables, when it becomes a lot simpler and we get a lot closer to the truth. And when we get a lot closer to the truth, we get a lot closer to Jesus's heart and to his intention for how he wants us to live. Just based off of part one, I hope that you got some helpful insights today that have brought some clarity to you and how to read the gospels and how to understand Jesus's teaching for our life. Stick around for part two where we're going to get a lot deeper into the nuances and interpretation principles for the various parables. While you're here, please remember to go and, uh, and, and like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a rating and review if you're listening to this on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might be listening. And subscribe to the show so that you will automatically get all future episodes in your inbox, including How to Read the Parables Part 2. I can't wait to bring that episode to you. Uh, and so until then, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. I hope this episode provided you with biblical clarity to live with confidence in our confusing world. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch up the later from me, you can go to my website, AaronChamp.com. While you're there, subscribe to my newsletter so that you can be updated anytime I share new content. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Aaron M. Schamp. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Until then, hold fast.